you have your Bibles, why don't you please take them out and let's turn to the book of Philippians 1 and verse 29. Philippians 1 verse 29. And this is what it says. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Father, may you be glorified through the reading of your word. And may you be exalted, Father, as our hearts yearn, as our hearts are just longing, God, to please you. And as we read and discuss and share your holy word, give us strength, show us things that are hidden from us. Those treasures that are found in your word, may we see them this morning as we glorify your holy name. You're a good God to us. And we love you. In Jesus' name. Now, as I read that scripture, I don't know whether um, you felt what I was thinking. Um, it's, a, it's a scripture that po- possibly we glance over as Christians as we read, maybe go through a, a daily uh, Bible reading plan. Um, and we can glance over it. It says, for, for to you, that's you and I, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. To suffer for His sake. I don't know what happens in your mind when you hear that, that it has been granted to you that you will suffer for his sake. There's an attitude among Christians that somehow we are meant or we're supposed to be exempt from suffering. Who likes suffering? In the Christian world, in my world, in our world, there's an attitude or a misconception that we are actually meant to be exempted from suffering. And this passage says, God has designed suffering in the life of the believer so that he or she will represent Jesus Christ in the suffering. So our lives, that we are, we are, we are um, being, being granted the privilege of believing in him. But maybe we stop, right, we stop there. We believe in Him through salvation and um, He saves us and, and, and so we carry on. But the scripture says that we've also been granted uh, the, the privilege of suffering for Him. Now we may, we may think that being a Christian is all flowers. It's all nice. It's all good. Maybe that's a picture that has been painted that the, the, the Christian life is only, it only brings privilege. It only brings uh, good stuff. We are not to undergo 
tribulation and suffering. However, Jesus claimed, and not only him, also Peter, James, Paul, they all claimed differently. They say that in this life we will have tribulations and we will have suffering. How do you feel when I say that? Actually, your suffering has been engineered or has been uh, orchestrated by your Father, by your Creator. He has allowed that to happen in your life for Jesus Christ's glory. For the sake that He may be lifted up, that God may get the glory. How do you feel about that? I'll be honest with you. In, in my head, I think to myself, but that's a little bit, it's almost unlike God. Because the God that I have been, um, uh, been told about is a God of, uh, of mercy, is a God of goodness, is a God who gives and uh, doesn't take back, is a God who is just Santa Claus kind of God. He gives, gives, gives. But when I read Scripture... The God of the universe is very real. He is involved in our life. So your failings, in inverted commas, He is involved in there. He's there. Your successes, He is involved in there as well. Two weeks ago, we, we, we looked at uh, verse 27 of Philippians 1, and we spent quite a bit of time at that uh, passage that says, Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And when I said that, conduct, let your life conduct itself in a manner that is worthy of Jesus Christ. Is suffering worthy of um, Jesus Christ? Can we align ourselves to that? Suffering for, for Christ's sake. And enduring suffering for his sake is really a part of this Christian life. It really is a part of this Christian life, this Christian walk. We are not only given the wonderful advantage or advantages of being saved because of his grace through faith, but we also have been given the holy privilege to suffer for him. Note, I say, the holy privilege. Is suffering for Christ a privilege in your life? You have been given the holy privilege to suffer for Him. In verse 28, which we looked at last week, indicates that when we share our faith, when we stand for what we believe, people will stand against us. That's the literal meaning of adversaries. Christians will face opposition when we share our faith. Today's verse contains a double gift. Verse 29 contains a double gift. The first gift is to believe in Christ, which we are all comfortable with. We are comfortable with. The second gift is to suffer for His sake. Suffering for your sake really a gift? So Paul starts off in this verse and says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, 
For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. Suffering is a gift from God. Suffering is actually a gift from God. There's obviously, I would say, I'm allowed to say stupid suffering because of our actions in church. That's not a gift from God, but God is gracious. But the way God has designed our lives and in our suffering, it brings glory to him. You remember the story in the Bible where um, there was a man born blind. And uh, the disciples went to God or to Christ and they said to him, uh, we don't understand, tell us, who, who sinned? Was it the, the, the man was born blind? We understand that uh, how can he have sinned? If, I mean, he's born blind. So did he sin before he was born? Or was it these parents that sinned and now the repercussion of their sin is um, being outworked in this man? And Jesus said, no, neither. He said, this man was born blind so that God can get the glory, his glory. That's a hard statement to, to, to swallow. It's a hard statement to, to, to take in. This man was actually born blind so that God, his creator, can get the glory. I, 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 I battled with that statement. I really did. And to some degree, I kind of still, it's almost in my head, I think, oh, God, it's almost like a selfish statement. How can you create one being blind so that you can get the glory? Is it fair? Is it really fair? God is so much bigger than that. There's so much to learn from him. There's, you know, his, our wisdom is nothing compared to his wisdom. We will never understand everything on this life, on this earth. Our, our, our duty is to trust him who has created you. And when we do not know, we have to continue trusting him. Because he knows best. His uh, ways are higher than our ways. The phrase being granted in the Greek means that the believer receives suffering as a gift from God. The word granted means to give freely or graciously as a favor. You and I, believers, have been granted the privilege of suffering for Christ. The suffering of the believer is under God's sovereign control. Do you believe that? I must be honest. There are times I battle to, to, to believe it, to get that in my head. My suffering is actually, has been orchestrated, has been, is under God's sovereign control. Then I look out of the scriptures and say that the God of this age is at work. He's at work. But God is sovereignly working things out for His glory. This is no accident. So the suffering that you might be going through, that you've gone through, the current place where you're at now, is not an accident. But neither is it a sign of God's punishment. It's no accident, but it's not a sign of God's punishment. And I know, I think we can err towards that 
to, to that way of thought. Oh, what have I done? Uh, uh, have, my, have I done such a big sin that God is punishing me for my, whatever the case might be? Uh, human nature does that. We know that if we mess up, our parents punish us, or school teachers, and this is how we learn. So when we mess up in, before God, our uh, default mode or thought pattern is actually God is punishing me because of the things that I've done. But Jesus Christ, through his word, says, I have forgiven you. I have forgiven you. Your, your sins are, are, are as far as the east is to the west. I remember them no more. Remember them no more. doesn't mean that there will not be suffering. But just, it is not God's punishment. Suffering with a purpose is a privilege for us as Christians. We ought to understand that. It is actually a privilege. Suffering in itself is no privilege. But suffering for Christ is. Paul continues and he says, on, uh, you have, It has been granted... Um, on behalf of Christ. That phrase, on the behalf of Christ, displays the pinnacle purpose of suffering. Later on in the verse, it will, uh, in the phrase, it will say, for his sake. So your suffering is for, is for his sake. This is what makes suffering valuable. So, your life right now, suffering, whatever is going on, uh, if you're able to look at, take it and look at it, can you point it towards Jesus? Can you actually uh, identify what's happening? Can you give glory to the King through your suffering? Can you identify and say, actually, yes, as hard as it is, this is a privilege. It's a holy privilege for me to suffer as I am. For God the Father's glory. That is what makes us know that our suffering somehow is valuable. Suffering points people to Christ. If we have Christ and His great glory as the purpose of our lives, it gives everything definition in our lives. If everything is geared towards what Christ is and what He's doing in our lives, it gives, a, it gives us purpose. It gives us purpose. You see, the thought of suffering for us Christians, for Christ, actually kind of scares, can scare us away, isn't it? I'd rather not suffer. Christ, I'd rather not suffer. Why? Why must I suffer? Why? Why? What, what purpose does it bring to me? What purpose does it bring f- for you? You might think that actually if I, if I run away from Christ, there will be no suffering. If I, if I, if I walk away from Him, I will be, there will be no suffering. Maybe for you and I who have been saved, if we walk away from Him, there will be no suffering. For those who do not know Him and we preach to them or we tell them about Christ and then we speak about maybe suffering, they'll be like, no, no, there's not. Actually, keep your Jesus. I don't want want the suffering. We might think it's easier. We might not suffer if we walk away from, from Him. We might think that without Him, we are safe. 
We will not have any suffering. But do we really think that's, that's right? Do we really think that's what's going to happen? Do you really think that if you walk away from God, you will have no suffering? Do you really believe that it is better to walk away from Him and stay away from Him? Because there will be maybe less suffering? Do we really believe that? You, my dear friends, as Christians, brothers and sisters, you know that the answer to that question is an absolute no. Not because I'm telling you it's no, but because you know it in your heart. You know it. You know that the answer is no. And, or it should be no. Why? Because no matter where we are, whether we run away from God, whether you're not saved and those the unbelievers in the world, whatever the... The, the, world, the Word says that you will always encounter suffering. You will always encounter tribulation. You will always encounter hardships and persecution. Wherever you are, whether you're saved or not, those, this is what life, the, the God of this age is busy doing stuff. He's busy doing stuff. You, uh, the thought goes... Um, in this way, I think, well, if I've got lots of money, I won't suffer much. And there might be a, 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 some, somewhat of a truth in there. You might not suffer in that degree, in that way. But the reality is, whether you're the most um, uh, richest, loaded, the most uh, billionaire, whatever the word is, you will still uh, encounter suffering. You will still encounter tribulations. You will still encounter some sort of persecution. This is how the world is. The God of this age is busy. He's busy. But God with us helps us to see. He helps us. He directs us. His word says that every step, every step has been ordered by him. But I do have good news for us. Fellow believers, I do have good news. We have been promised that Christ's grace is sufficient. Is sufficient. No matter the tribulation, no matter the danger, no matter the uh, persecution that we will save or that we will face, we will be able to stand within When we are weak, actually we are strong because Christ is in us. So Paul starts off by saying, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ. And then he carries on and says, Not only to believe in Him. Our ability to believe in Christ is a gift from God. Suffering is a gift from God as well. Our salvation is dependent upon the finished work of, the, of, the, um, of Christ upon the cross. We contribute nothing to salvation, but trust in what has been given. And he continues and says, but also to suffer for his sake. Also suffer for his sake. 
There's some people out there in the world who will not face the claims of Christ, who will not believe the claims of Christ that we proclaim to them until they see how a Christian faces deep anguish. A believer under immense adversity and simultaneously possessing an inner orientation will impact those without Christ. Can we stand when everything is falling, when the pressure is on? Can we still stand and say, my God, my God, you still reign in my life. I want to go to the left or to the right, but I know I'm not to, I'm to stand uh, firm in what you have called me to. Regardless, I said last week, they may take your bank account. They may take your, your, your business. They, may, they might take stuff from you. Can you still stand? Can you still stand? And I asked the question, how many times have we seen people come to Christ at the death of a dynamic witness for Christ? How many times have you witnessed that? Someone who believed. Didn't have to be a massive mega evangelist, but someone who believed and, and proclaimed the, 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 the works of, of God in their lives. How many times have, has that impacted when they die, people who do not know Christ? Nothing is valuable in life until Christ is its aim. Suffering is never an end in itself. Pain is not good, but the association of that pain makes it purposeful. So verse 27, whatever happens in suffering, I add, or in tribulations, whatever's going on in your life, whatever happens in your life, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I refer much uh, to do with family and business and wherever we find out, how is it uh, are we conducting our lives in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives? Can we stand and profess, and proclaim that men I stand for Christ to my family, to my employees, to my colleagues? Can I stand? Can I stand? And then the beautiful thing is our suffering now is nothing compared to the joy and glory that will be revealed in us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We suffer now, but this is temporary. It's a, for a little short while we suffer. We suffer, but the glory, the, the joy, the things that will be revealed for us when we enter into eternity far outweighs the little time that we have here on earth and we suffer. But part of our problem, part of my problem, is our focus far too easily on the suffering. I focus far too much on the suffering. Rather than thinking, you know, someone said like, um, eternity is an endless string. 
You cannot, there's no, there's no end. You can't, you cannot, you cannot quantify it. You cannot count it. But life on earth is, is, has a start, a beginning, and an end. Oh, I don't know where that line is for uh, us here on earth. But there's, a, there's an end to our lives. But after that, once this life ends, this string continues forever. Infinity. But we focus, unfortunately, as, as humans, as Christians, we focus far too much on this part of our world. This string that is, has a start and a very end. But God says through this scripture that he has designed the sufferings that we are experiencing for his glory. It is under his sovereign control. It is under his sovereign control. And so what's, what's ahead far outweighs what is now. And our, our key is to, to, to read scripture, to believe in scripture, to ask God to help us. When we are doubting scripture, when we, uh, when we are feeling a little bit uh, down, is to ask God, please help us. I read your word, uh, how, but I don't understand. How can you create suffering and it's a good, supposed to be a good thing for me? I'm battling with it. Help me, Father. And so he helps us. Everything that the believer has of spiritual value is a donation from God, even affliction. Do we accept suffering as a gift from God's hand? Do we? It is conventional for us to think of salvation as a gift, but we do not think of suffering for Christ as a gift. And that's it. We have to change our, our, our thinking. We have to see things differently. When you see suffering that has been uh, orchestrated and, and uh, ordered by the Lord as a gift to you, whether it's to grow you, whether it's to, to mature you, whatever the case might be, He knows best. But we are under His sovereign grace. We are under His hand. Our whole life revolves uh, around Him and for Him. We have been created to worship Him, to glorify Him, to exalt Him. We can accept the first gift. It's easy to accept the first gift, salvation, which we do. But it's not very easy to accept the second gift, tribulation, suffering for Him. But the reality is that we are citizens of heaven. Therefore, we are living out of a suitcase down here. Remember that little, uh, little line, little string? Start, finish. We are ready, ready, in a suitcase. Our time will come. Our time will come. That is ordered by the Lord. We don't know when, but the time will come. But whilst I'm here, I want to make sure that I live as best as I can to give Him glory. To give Him glory. But I cannot do that without Him helping me by His Spirit. I cannot do that without Him helping me uh, through my fellow brothers and sisters. We need each other. We need encouragement from one another. We should not treat life on earth as the ultimate goal of our lives. And unfortunately, we, can, we tend to do that. We get caught up with building our little empires here on earth. 
living as though we're going to be here forever. We're going to be here forever. But the truth is, we won't be here forever. We are spiritual aliens here on earth. This world is not our home. And therefore, we should expect opposition. So are you suffering for the sake of Christ? Are you suffering for, for what you stand for, for what you believe? Are you suffering for those things? Well, I'll tell you what, it has been ordered by God's hand. And even if you are suffering because of, in inverted commas, your foolishness, God still orders your, your ways. Because you're His, you've given yourself to Him, He will still order your way. We go back to Philippians 1, 6, which says that he who began a good work in you and I continues it and will bring it to completion. Nothing that God starts um, just leaves, it just, it's hanging. It will not hang. Even if in our own ability we want it to hang, it's not, it's not going to hang. Why? Because God says nothing uh, returns to him void. That which he starts he will bring to an end. He will, there are seasons in our lives. Uh, a preacher said, one, one said this. He said, God starts a work in us. For us, we see it as a start, but he actually finishes the work before he starts it. He finishes the work before he actually starts it. So he's been to the end. He's been to the end. He knows He's worked it out. Ephesians 2.10 says that he has gone ahead and prepared good works for us to all walk into. We need to gra- grab onto those scriptures, on- onto those truths. When we are a bit, little bit shaken, we can stand and say, God, I believe in your word. I am losing my mind. I'm losing this. But actually, I believe what, you, what your word says. You've gone ahead and prepared good works for me to walk into. I don't see the good works now, but that's okay. You have prepared it. Your, your, your word says that every step I take is ordered by you. Every step I take is ordered. You lead me and you guide me. So suffering, my friends, brothers and sisters, suffering is a good thing when it's under God's hand. When it's under God's hand. Why? Because he says, when I am weak, actually, in reality, as his child, I am strong. When I cannot do it by myself, actually, then God steps in and he gets the glory. How can a man be born blind for the glory of God? I don't understand. It makes no sense to me in my, in my carnal thinking. But it doesn't have to make sense to me. But God is sovereign. God holds us in the palm of his hands. And that's a wonderful truth. It's a wonderful truth. Now, suffering in itself, as I said, is not the end. It's not the, we, don't, we don't do things so that we can suffer and prove as though we are so holy because we are suffering. No, 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 no. Let's avoid suffering as best as we can. But if God leads whatever in however way, let's accept it as a gift from Him and allow Him to work the things that He wants to work in us, grow us, mature us, take us to the next season, as it were. Remembering that God is merciful, that God is gracious, 
the God is full of justice at the same time. So are you suffering this morning? Is there parts of your life where you're feeling as though, uh, I don't, this is, this is a problem? I'm going to pray for us, if that's okay. I'm going to ask God to help us to realize that this is a gift from Him. Help us to walk into this gift, to work it out under your sovereign hand. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you this morning, Jesus, for reminding us that suffering is a gift from you. Firstly, I start off by saying thank you for the gift of salvation, which we, so, uh, we are so grateful and enjoy. But we forget that actually suffering under your hand is a gift from you. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me, help my, my brothers and sisters this morning, Lord, where we are a little bit uncertain, to help us. We'll be a little bit doubtful. Won't you help us? Well, we cannot see what we need to see. Won't you help us? To continue trusting in you, Jesus, my King. Thank you for each one here. Thank you for those who are not with us this morning, Jesus. I ask God that you would continue, Lord, leading them, leading us together. You're a good God, and we love you, in Jesus' name, amen.